0: Armenia Under Attack, Our Response, and The Next Step, number 745, September 15, 2022.
1: Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to a 15th season of the Next Step podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgan provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian Orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and, of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, And get ready to take the next step. So what was
0: it that Einstein said? No, no, not E equals MC squared. No, 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 no. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's insanity. Doing the same things over and over. We all do that, right? We all do things over and over. But expecting different results. (laughs) That's insanity. Yeah, I want different results. So what do I do? I need to change the program, don't I? I need to change the program. You can't expect different results if you don't change the program. And Yes, yes, computer programming. Those of you who program computers. Those of you who sit there with calculators you know that there is a method to get a result. If you want a different result, you select a different method to do it, right? It's no different on the world stage, expecting different results. Here we are again. And one more time, the Turks have raised their arm Are destroying. They've bled us for the last two, three hundred years. And one more time. There they are in Armenia. Shooting at Armenians. Taking land. What doesn't belong to them. Taking precious, holy land. Taking it away from us. And what are we doing? The same old, same old, same old thing. I mean... (laughs) When are we going to change? And you know what's really kind of wild about it? I mean, if you've got your head under a rock and you don't know what happened just a couple days ago, the Azeris just went right into Armenia. No, not about the disputed lands. Right into Armenia proper. And started taking lands. And of course, in so doing, they started killing people. In fact, at Jermug, where we had a beautiful opportunity to be there just three years ago, And just enjoy the falls of Chermuk. Enjoy the water of Chermuk. Enjoy the people of Chermuk. Right there. 105 young men. When I say young, I'm talking about 17, 18, 19-year-old kids. Just killed. Finished off. And you know what the response is? You know what people are saying? Where is America? How come they're supporting the Ukrainians and not us? You know what people are saying? Where are the Russians? What are the Russians doing? They were supposed to guard us and protect us. What happened? As I'm speaking right now, it's Thursday morning. There is a ceasefire. It's been declared. And I and from what I understand, and of course it's difficult to understand anything because there's I remember that word, those words that then-President Trump echoed? We said, oh, what good could come out of this, man? Well, something came out of it. Fake news, right? We learned the term fake news. And so we're throwing that around all over. And now to the point that we don't even know what news sources to to trust. You don't know what's coming up. But right now, as of today, and we just heard a small little video from Adam Schiff's office, Adam Schiff, of course, one of the representatives of the United States of America, just a very beautiful man that I've had the pleasure of knowing closely. He put out a video that said, yes, a ceasefire has been declared. And I think the Americans brokered something, along with the French, along with the Russians. I don't know what the exact details, but what's important, at least there's no bullets or bombs flying around as of right this moment. Right? But here's the interesting thing. After it happened, this was like last Monday, after we got word of it, people are asking these silly, silly questions. Like, where are, what's, how come the world is not noticed? What do you want? What have you done differently that warrants a different reaction from the world? What have you done differently? So that I can't say this is insanity. You want different results? You've got to do different methods. You've got to do different programs to get to that place. But here we are again. Oh, man, you should have seen it. I I got sick to my stomach. Young kids, young, young, young kids are sitting there on the Internet. Why us? Where is the world? Why isn't America responding to us? Damn the Americans. Damn the Russians. Oh, man. What are you guys talking about? What program have you done differently that you expect different results? I'm going to rag on this because this is a very important one. I came out with a video back in 2009. It was a series of lectures that I was giving throughout the Southern California area and it was posted all over. I was invited to USC, the University of Southern California, where I had a chance because of the brilliant, brilliant professor, Richard Dekmedjan, whose classes were just filled. It was genocide studies. It was Middle Eastern studies. It was political science. And these these, these classrooms, these lecture rooms on the scale of 400 were not only packed, there was standing room only. People were standing to listen to him. Brilliant, brilliant. And, he, and he, he talked about these things. I was so honored that he asked me to come and speak there. We went and we spoke. We talked about these things. We've got to come up with something different. If you want the different results. But here we are again. Woe is me. Why isn't anybody looking after me? What's wrong with the world? (laughs) Ah. Look, I'm going to rag on this. 2009. I came out with that video. And I shared this story. In different classrooms different universities, colleges. In fact, even in high schools, I shared this. It's about leveraging love. And it's a different approach. It's a completely different approach. It's, it's like figuring out, hey, wait a minute, folks. We're Christian, right? And we talk about being the first Christian nation. And listen to who took advantage of these Christian thoughts. Martin Luther King Martin Luther King a minister of the gospel used these Christian thoughts these Christian message to move mountains to move mountains to fight for civil rights to get to that mountaintop and look on to the other side Mahatma Gandhi The liberation of India based on these principles. And here we are, Armenians, the first Christian nation. Oh, we love that title. And where is that Christianity? We're still doing the same old, same old things. Instead of relying on what we know can save us, we're relying on people. Where is America? Where is Russia? Oh where is the European Union? Why aren't they smacking Turkey on its hand? Oh look at us, horrible horrible things. And yes, I'm going to rag on this not to say I told you so, but there is an answer. There is an answer. Listen, we're sitting, we're sitting in an in a neighborhood. I want you to just picture this, okay? You're sitting in an you're sitting in your house and your neighbor is throwing throwing bombs at you, throwing fireballs at you. Your neighbor is shooting at you. And so you look out the other window, the other side of your house, and you say, okay, maybe I could find relief there. And the other neighbor is doing the same. And you say, okay, let me go to the back of the house. I've got a fence on the other side of the house. Maybe I could talk to the neighbor. And that guy starts shooting at you too. Now, at some point, don't you figure out that we need a different plan here? We can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. And so I talked about the idea of leveraging love. Look, it's not even political science. It's physics. Archimedes, he says, give me a plank long enough. Tell me where to stand and I could move the world. I could move anything. Think about it. You do this all the time, right? You move things. Huge things. You call in somebody to, to, um, to fix your refrigerator. They can't do it. So now you've bought a new refrigerator. It's a huge item. It weighs a ton, right? With the compressors and the thing. How are you going to bring that into your house? And so you hire a couple of people. But guess what? They're not strong people to pick up a, a ton, but they use leveraging. They leverage. They put things on rollers. They use a plane. They use fulcrums. And that huge item finds its way into your kitchen. Well, this is a huge item, too. This is called peace in an area where there is no peace, where there's everybody firing at us. Everybody from all sides. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock. (laughs) We always focus on do not be afraid. How about focusing in on the second portion of that? Little flock. There is no more little. There's nothing littler smaller than us let's focus on that one right jesus says do not be scared little flock that's right we do have power we do have power to leverage we can give me a stick long enough and i can i can move the world i can change this thing but what is that stick where is that lever that lever is us that lever is people With the greatest weapon that you do have. And that's life. Back in 1878. I know that's a long time ago. What are we talking about history? Because something very important happened. A church leader. A church leader of the Armenian church. His name was Magretich Harimiak. He was invited he an, as a bishop of the church to go out to Berlin, where there was a gathering of all the nations. And they were going to talk about who gets what, what gets what. And he returned. and He says, I'm standing in that room. And he likened it to a bowl of Say, You know what herisa says? If you're not Armenian, it might be a tough one. So let me explain it. Think about a very gooey, <laughs> a gooey porridge right? Made out of wheat, barley, whatever it is. It's, it's delicious, by the way. I get to eat it once or twice a year. I'm just excited when I do get to eat it. It's like a porridge. Delicious, delicious. Usually right after Thanksgiving, we get it because it's made with all the leftovers from the Thanksgiving dinner, the turkey parts. He said, I walked into that room and there was this big bowl of harissa this big pen filled with that you say and he says one by one each now I want you to think it's so it's so gooey it's it's like um it's like paste you know very thick very thick Orange. and he says one by one the different nations came and took their portion ah yes we're talking about a metaphor okay Yes, for those of you who need to, this little explanation, yes, this is a metaphor. There was nothing boiling in the middle of a of a political meeting, okay? And he says, one by one, each of the nations came up to take their portion of the Hedice. And he said, I saw big countries come in, Bulgaria. They came in with iron ladles and they dipped it into the Hedice and they took it out their piece, their, their portion he said when the time came for your Armenian representative namely me who you affectionately refer to as Haidik, as a father I went up to that big pot of Hedisa and I was ready to put in my ladle but alas my ladle was made out of paper because you had given me some kind of a letter to hold there a paper And he says, meanwhile, all these other iron ladles, the sound of swords, I could hear them. And he says, when I picked up that paper ladle to take my head, he said, you could imagine what happened, right? Put a paper ladle, put a piece of paper inside, gooey, mushy porridge. What can you pull out of there, right? Says I put it in there and nothing came out everything just spilled right back in he says listen to me people of Armenia the next time you come out to these kind of things he says rely on yourselves don't rely on others don't rely on other uh, on other countries other diplomacies rely on your own strength he says, bring with you guns, guns and more guns. Your destiny is in your hands and in your brain. 18 and 78, a warning given to us like, hey, what do you eat? want? A different result. Do you want a different result? Then you need to do a different program. A different program. You know, <laughs> those few program computers we used to have a saying garbage in garbage out in other words when you ran a program at the end this is old time old school okay the very last command that you throw out you say run in other words you've you've put together the entire program you've spelled it out for the computer now you're going to test it out and you go run and when you run it the program takes place now this is you know kind of like obsolete language at this point because you were used to like apps and programs that just they just you know you launch them and they run of course so you would say run and right away you would know if your program is good or bad because if it would fail you'd get an error message and it'd be over right sometimes you'd get these death messages the whole screen would lock up and you couldn't do anything but to restart your computer in other words the program was bad Now, it would be stupid to load that program again and say run again without fixing the program. And so 1878, he comes from Berlin and he tells us, Riemann Heideck, he tells us, folks, listen, don't rely on other people. Rely on yourselves. Your fists. Your guns, your weapons, your brain. And here we are, relying on other people. And now I know you're going to say, hey, wait a minute. You're talking about guns and more guns and more guns? <laughs> oh, I don't blame you, brother. Because didn't we just talk about Gandhi? Wasn't he about nonviolence? You brought up his name, and now you're talking about more guns and guns and guns? Oh, yeah, of course, yes. I lose with this one. No, I don't. Again, think about the beauty of this metaphor. About going into that headset and pulling it up, that gun, something that you can't bend. Think about the will. Think about the beauty that we have. Think about the the intelligence that we have, the programming ability of a people. Think about the life that we have that is defined by creativity. Just this last week, just before this happened, over the weekend, we welcomed Dr. Anibabai and she came from Armenia, a young, young surgeon to come here. She's here in the United States to address a conference of hernia specialists, an Armenian young doctor here in the United States to speak at this conference. Do you know how proud we are? How excited we are as as, uh, the In His Shoes Ministry to be able to not only support a young doctor, a female doctor, who becomes an inspiration for so many others. And when you see that, you say, "Uh uh-oh. Now I am, now, 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 wait a minute. There is a gun. There is a weapon. There is that weapon that we can use. So think about that for a moment. We're going to take a break right now with the uh, song of the day. Pick out something, give us a little bit of time to digest what's been said. Give me a little time to <laughs> mellow off of the coffee. No, it's not coffee. I'm really wound up right now, as you can imagine. I'm sure many of you are too. Let's listen to the song of the day. I'll be back in a couple
2: moments, okay?
3: Some way to square the circle It's slipping, sliding on the level Connect to reason, is there anybody there? Drum it into me now if you dare by isosceles Principles by Archimedes I mow the massive even a mat Make for one less way to skin the cat Too I think two sharp blinks That's about all that I have to say They say truth comes flooding if you let it But what happens if I just don't get it? I'm blissful in my sweet ignorance The light in my incompetence Two short planks Come
0: Short Planks. It is off of the Rupees Dance album. And considering everything we're talking about, I thought it was very appropriate. We had Isosceles and we had Archimedes in there as well. I just love this song. It's one of those songs that, you know, stuck on a desert island. What would you take with you? This is the one that I would take with me. I will have a link on today's show notes, not only to this song, but all the wonderful music that he has put together for the last 50 years has kept me going, kept my motor going. And uh, like I always say, you know, support these musicians. They just add so much to our lives. Back to the show. Okay, we are talking about changing the program, and kind of a difficult one, right? Because it's easier said than done. But it's not as difficult as it seems, because I think it's just as difficult to harbor the hatred. To continue what we've been doing, and definitely in the long run, yes, it is more damaging. You see, our whole society and everything that we do is built on this idea of power, power, Power being represented not by wit, not by by smarts, but by weaponry. But who has the biggest equipment, the most equipment that can annihilate the other? And this this was very prominent during the Cold War. There was a talk about mutual destruction. In fact, during the Cold War, which which I guess is now back up, right? (laughs) <laughs> it just can't get any colder than this right during the cold war a metaphor that they um, or a a word group that they used to describe the relations between the east and the west namely between the united states and then the soviet union was that, yeah, there is a war, but it is cold. In other words, we're not striking each other. We're not hitting each other. Everything is quiet. And we are in check. If you've ever played a game of chess, you know that you can get all of your pieces together, but not complete the game. In other words, it's not a checkmate, but we are in check. We are in check. If you move this way, I can do this way. And that moving this way, and I can do the other way, is basically the mutual annihilation theory. Okay, so the two superpowers, the United States and the Soviet Union, were called superpowers because they possessed the nuclear arsenal in the world. In On the planet Earth, we had the capability between these two superpowers to blow up the planet many, many, many times over. That's how much nuclear energy we had, and so there was a there was a need to put this under control because you can't live in that kind of fear. Um, people my age they remember the duck and cover. You know they'd come into our classrooms and they'd say duck and cover as a precaution that at any time a nuclear warhead could be headed towards our city. Especially growing up in Los Angeles, we knew that we were you know the second target. I guess New York would be first target. We would be second target. And that's a lot of pressure to grow up in as a child, too. So the entire idea of mutual destruction was this like, if they, the only reason why they would not attack us first, this is the mentality, is because we would have the ability to attack them seconds later. And it would ensure a mutual annihilation. And of course, when I say they, the same thing with us. The only reason why we would not attack another was because we were insured that we would be annihilated within a few minutes. And so this was the check. Okay, so you've got your you've got your castles, you've got your horses and your um, uh, your bishops in order. And you're protecting the king. Even the queen is out there. But it's not a checkmate. It's just check. Like, watch out. Watch out. Because the next step could be dangerous. That's all check means. It's check. Your king is about to be be, um, killed, taken. And so this was the way that we lived. This was the understanding. Mutual annihilation. And in many senses that's still the way that we live in fact when the Ukraine was uh, attacked by Russia what was the what was the precaution that they took the western powers they said okay we can't come it right out against Russia why because they may use nuclear arsenal in which case this would be an end all situation because if they used it we would have to use it if we used it, another would use it, another would use it. And today we are in a, in a world where there is nuclear power all over, nuclear bombs all over. So everybody's operating in, with a lot of caution. Now, this is the way that we prevent. This is the way we prevent wars. Can you believe it? And all I'm saying is that there is another way. It's all Jesus said. There is another way. And it was on that Jesus's message that people like Gandhi got up. He talked about nonviolence. He talked about a means by which to change people, to change even governments. And I know, I know, because, look, when we're brought up with the language of annihilation, what I'm talking about, what Jesus is talking about, what we're talking about, about nonviolence, seems absurd. What? What are you guys talking about? I mean, these people can press a button and it'd be over. You're going to be standing there and talking about nonviolence? Well, the thing is, we haven't tried it, right? We haven't tried it. And is it possible, is it possible that this thing called nonviolence, is it possible this mutual understanding, what Jesus Christ came and was what the angels heralded, peace on earth and goodwill towards one another, can be made by us doing something differently. By leveraging, by taking that giant lever, finding the fulcrum, where we're going to be stopped, where we're going to be stationed, and how we can move that that huge thing that's even more than the the, the refrigerator I referred to earlier. And so this past weekend, our inner shoes, this is before anything happened, we had invited this young physician Who came and she's been our guest. Delightful, delightful lady. She's now in North Carolina. Delivering her speech. To a conference of people who repair hernias. And I'm so proud of her. So proud of her. Young Armenian woman. Talking and making a difference in the world. And you start realizing that when we talk about. Have guns ready. Have your ammunition ready. It's realizing about having that power ready. A power that doesn't have to be measured by annihilation, but by creativity. But by our ability to bring about change in the world. Because you see, once you start using your head, once you start using this beautiful gift that we've been given about creativity, we start communicating it at a different level, at a different frequency, and with a different language. Instead of all the hatred, instead of all the talk about swearing and cussing back and forth and everything, we are now talking in a language which precludes all of that. That that, that nonsense that we hear. Amazing! Yes, it is. It's like, you can't believe that. Is it possible that this is the fulcrum? The leverage? Well... I come up with a few examples. And this is in that film, Leveraging Love. I know, I know, I talk about it often. I think it is a very important piece of this entire puzzle, which unfortunately, because it's a priest of the Armenian church who made it back in 2009, it gets overlooked. It's not part of the discussion today. But this is where we need people to start Producing this, getting it out. In fact, I'm working right now as we are developing the new apostle to make this a cornerstone of the apostle ministry too. But in that film, we talk about, we talk about what we have done. Uh, back in 2005, the Sudanese government was orchestrating a, a um, massacre, genocide in Darfur and it occurred to us now now how does this occur to you by being knowledgeable by using your head right we found people who were starting to document these things that california not even the united states california which is i think the sixth largest economy in the world california had invested in the sudan to the tune of something like five, six, seven billion dollars at that time. Okay. This is 2005 dollars, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, right? And so we said, wait a minute. What if we didn't invest in them? <laughs> they wouldn't have the money to buy the guns to kill the people. For me, it was a simple one. My my grandparents being genocide survivors. Wow. Can you imagine if somebody had not invested in Turkey? If Turkey didn't have money to buy guns and weapons to kill the Armenians, can you imagine what might have happened? Might have been peace. There definitely wouldn't have been an annihilation on the size that we saw of, of genocide. And so we went out there. We went out there with young people. Demonstrations. But along with demonstrations, we collected signatures. We got people to say enough is enough. And there we were in 2005. i never forget that day. It was a very special one in my life. I was invited to the Burbank Airport. It's a small little airport in suburbs of Los Angeles. It's not as big as LAX. I was invited there. Why? Because Governor Schwarzenegger at that time was... Burbank Airport is a hub for Southwest Airlines. It flies from Sacramento, our capital, down to the LA area. Governor Schwarzenegger was going to be stopping in in Burbank, and also there was a couple other people, namely Don Cheadle, who had just finished making the movie Hotel Rwanda and was being a a spokesperson for the Darfur excuse me for the Rwandan genocide. And uh, George Clooney was there. And what are these people doing there with Father Voskin? What am I doing standing there with them? George Schultz. I believe that was his name. It was the Secretary of State. At the time, it was the Bush administration, Bush number two. And there I am with these people. And the governor comes in and he signs a divestment. He divests billions of dollars from the Sudan. Can you imagine? Not only did he divest the $5 billion from the Sudan, but also another, I think it was $7 billion that the University of California Regents had invested in the area. Anyway, whatever it was, it was a huge, huge amount, which means that there was a huge amount of guns and weaponry, which will not be there to kill people. And I always remember this, that this was not because we got out there and we killed people or we showed that we were powerful, but we put our wit, we put our, uh, we, we, we put our creativity to the test. We had young Armenian kids going in and up and down the streets of Glendale among the people that they knew, collecting signatures, saying divest from the Sudan. And, and then it happened. And then it happened. We were leveraging a different power, right? We had found the fulcrum. We had found the lever. We were doing it. Now, this is only one. And with through the In Issues ministry, we were out there. We were feeding people. And this, this is one of the most beautiful stories that I have. It was 2003, and we were feeding the people. Oh, in Africa, there was really bad... Um. Famine going on at the time Caused by a drought And We had a bunch of kids here In the United States And we, what we did is We, we staged a famine For 40 hours Or 30 hours I think it was We didn't eat anything And we got donations from people To sponsor us Like if, if I didn't eat something for 30 hours Can I ask you to give me a dollar an hour $30. Can I ask you to give me $5 an hour? Can I ask you to give me $0.50 cents an hour? Whatever it was. And kids did this. And we 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 had a famine. And I'll never forget, this is how this thing really takes off. We had collected in uh, tens of thousands of dollars. And we were getting ready. We were getting ready to be together for 30 hours. We're going to be together and sort of encouraging one another not to eat. And in that time, we'd be talking about social issues, talking about our response through nonviolent resistance and our response as Christians. And as we were doing this, we were getting different messages from people who were doing the same thing throughout the country. And All of a sudden, we found one donor who was going to match our donations. We found a second one We found something like five different, or five or six matches. And over that course of that weekend, in the course of 30 hours, those thousands of dollars that we had collected turned into a half a million dollars because of the matching funds. So here's a group of Armenian kids who were forced to, their ancestors were forced to go out into the desert and be hungry and die and starve. Here's a group of Armenian kids who something like 90 years later are sitting there not being forced but wanting to give up food. They were giving up their food and in return they were collecting money for other hungry people. And oh, we got criticism from Armenian people who said, no, 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 no. wait, wait, wait. wait. That money should go to Armenians, not to the Africans. that's where your Christian background comes up. You say, look, you've done that all your life. What Jesus says is feed them. and Don't worry. Feed them, help them. For the, when you do to the least of my brothers, you've done to me. And you know what? I'm going to put some links on today's show notes. If you have, if you're up to it, please watch them. Please watch them. Especially there is that one, which we uh, did about the famine. It is worth a watch. And you understand that you can move mountains, as Martin Luther King did. as Gandhi did. You can move mountains. All you need to know is where the lever is, where the fulcrum is. and thank God that we have our faith, because Jesus tells us where that fulcrum is. He tells us where that lever is. It's a lever of love. The fulcrum is us, is that's our ability. To place on ourselves the burdens and realize that, yes, we can manage. We can move one way or another. Not everything has to be done by the script of the old program, but there is a new program. You see, I told you about the programming language that we used to use. It was called garbage in, garbage out. G-I-G-O. If you put garbage into your program, what do you expect you're going to get? Garbage is going to come out. And remember, I told you a few minutes ago how our screens would freeze in the middle of a program. That was the garbage. In other words, we had not programmed it properly. And so when we're looking at our lives, too, when your life gets to a point where it's just garbage and you say, I can't go on like this, you need to change the program. And that's true whether you're an individual or on a national scale. I'm talking today as an Armenian man who's completely, completely devastated. Not so much by what's going on in Armenia, but by our reaction. And I'll tell you why. Because in the world, you're going to have trouble, Jesus tells us. But we need to look at that victory that is his. and Tap into that victory if we can start tapping into it then you start understanding that the true power that resurrection power is in all of our hands and it's our ability to make that change nowhere else you don't need to look to other people because you've got the greatest as Martin Luther King would say if God is with you you're already a majority Jesus said do not fear little flock you're no longer a little flock if God is with you and that's the challenge that we have today. When I say well, let's pray for Armenia, I'm not talking about a supernatural event taking place about God coming out of the clouds and smiting the, the Turks and the Azeris. I'm talking about us waking up to our responsibility, waking up to our role in changing the program. So that we can see different results. So that we are not accused of insanity. As Einstein had postulated. There was a lot I was going to talk about today. I needed to get this one out because it was a very sensitive issue because we were talking about uh, leveraging love for how many years. And once again, we're seeing that things are happening as i said just a few minutes ago before i started today's podcast we got word that there was a ceasefire let's hope and pray that it stays that way even more let's hope and pray that we wake up to our responsibility in the entire equation and program be back in a couple moments to wind it up and share with you some final thoughts okay
1: Before getting back to The Next Step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The Next Step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry, as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to The Next Step with Father Vosgen. Thank you for that message, and thank you all of you for listening.
0: (laughs) Number one, thank you for all your kind notes, your reflections, and of course your support and prayers. They go a long way in this ministry. As you know, we're starting off a new Apostle.net launch on September 25th. It's coming up, and we are getting things ready. Today in the show notes, you'll find all kinds of stuff, which I hope you'll take some time. Take some time to review, to look at what we've done, because it's all built on the In Issues model. So it's, it's good to familiarize yourself with what we've been doing in the past and where we're going. On September 25th, we're going to be celebrating the Divine Liturgy at the St. Leon Cathedral. I believe there is a link... And again, if it's available, I will have it on today's show notes, so you can just bookmark it, and you will be able to follow us on that day with the launch, with the Divine Liturgy, and the launch of the new net. In preparing for that, I have to tell you, it's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming, the the content that we've, we have, and I, I can't thank enough uh, the, the men who really... Prompted all this, Eric Israelian, who, on on his initiative, we we got together and we said, let's put this all together. It's basically a lifetime of work coming together. Forty years, We've got a wonderful uh, designer who put together a great website, Gregory Bellerian, and That's coming up on the twenty fifth. We're going to unveil it along with some surprises, namely that there's going to be some opportunities for daily reflections, daily prayers that you can all tap into and that's going to be part of the beauty of this epostal.net and i can't emphasize enough that i need your prayers for this that's the greatest support people say how can i get involved any prayers because it is taxing it is great but god is giving us the strength and i want to be worthy of that strength and we're all going on it together okay so a lot of good times coming up september 25th is the launch of the apostle.net that's apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe. I love it, that's what we are. Okay, that does it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing. Enjoyed in the sense that we got a message that I think needs to be heard all over, it's something we firmly believe in and we are prepared to thank everybody who is committed to it and supports it. On behalf of the wonderful team who put this all together, namely my producer Susie and myself, Father Voskin, we look forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next.
3: Stand by for disclaimer.
1: And now here's the fine print the information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskulledness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and projection crew vpastle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience not valid with any other offer apostle.net apostolic
0: evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe i
1: forgot to ask you if uh,
2: you you're seeing the same sky as we are uh, bye